Stephanie Odie, and I'm exposing the issues with supply chain. The pandemic has exposed many problems that have been plaguing the retail supply chain. I mean, there's a lack of data visibility and information flow. There needs to be a reactive approach to problems because we know they're going to happen and you got to react fast. Plus, there's limited automation. I mean, you can't wait to invest in technology anymore. And there's slow adoption of artificial intelligence and machine learning. So to discuss all of that with me, I'm joined by Vikas Rajput, who is the VP of Customer Success at Opsveda. Opsveda is an enterprise software company that delivers real-time operational intelligence with machine learning capabilities. Vikas, thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm so happy that you're here today. You're the perfect person to discuss this with, always staying on top of it at Opsveda, continuing to modernize operational technology, especially during a time where the pandemic brings to light all of the problems in supply chain. So what have been the most pressing issues you've seen and how do you approach them? Yeah, as you rightly said, uh, the COVID, COVID pandemic has brought uh, greater attention to the retail supply chain matters uh, that have been problematic even before our world changed in 2020. Uh, the pandemic has actually exposed long-standing problems in the ways that manufacturers of consumer products typically react to uh, in terms of problems and available data. Uh, now, most of these have been reactive instead of proactive uh, problem solving or poor information flow that has reduced visibility into current conditions. Uh, as we know, the retailers and manufacturers of consumer goods faced enormous challenges as the coronavirus pandemic forced shutdowns and slowed commerce to a halt. Uh, consumer demand changed as spending slowed and shifted towards more of online shopping, uh, direct to customer shipments and uh, direct selling uh, models. Uh, this change in demand has also faced placed strain on manufacturers supply chain. Uh, among other problems, the retail and manufacturing industry has been slow to adopt the latest technologies, including artificial intelligence and machine learning. Uh, the industry as such lags uh, in comparison to you know, other industries. Uh, fortunately, in my opinion, this industry is turning around. It is forced to rethink now. Uh, I think some of the retailers and manufacturers, such as uh, Opsweda customers in the fashion retail, consumer products, food and beverage, they found themselves to be in a very competitive position. On one hand, the apparel fashion industry transformed from traditional retail to almost 100% online fast fashion companies. Traditional companies who were behind on the digital transformation curve, they suffered big blows. They were left to work with less people. They were stranded with canceled orders, significant inventory on hand, and in the pipeline. On the other hand, some of our consumer products and food, food and beverage customers saw 200% saw to up to 800% increase in order volumes. They had to comply with CDC guidelines and accordingly increase number of shifts to distribute their workforce, you know, make changes to workstations for distancing reasons, uh, provide for safe work environments, uh, in both the cases, both these cases where the business faced either a shrinking or a booming demand, our operational intelligence solution became instrumental in running the operations more efficiently and effectively. 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, being slow to adapt to technology really brings more challenges when COVID-19 hits. Deloitte even questioned whether this would be the black swan event that finally forces many companies or even entire industries to rethink and transform their global supply chain model. And whether or not they recognize the importance of artificial intelligence, they may lack the skills and infrastructure to encompass the technology, or they delay the implementation of these solutions because they have concerns over costs or time to adjust and train their employees. So what challenges do they face when trying to adapt now? And what do you see as the best path forward for implementation? I think the retailers need to uh, optimize, uh, you know, agility in a post-COVID world. Uh, and, you know, actually, before I talk a little bit more about it and answer your question, let's take a look at what is the definition of agility. Uh, what is agility? You know, agility or nimbleness is an ability to change uh, body's position efficiently. And it requires integration of several skills, you know, things like balance, coordination, speed, uh, reflexes, strength and endurance. Now, when you look at uh, aspects such as uh, balance, uh, what it means is that uh, one should be able to maintain an equilibrium and balance when they are either stationary or moving through the coordinated actions of our sensory functions. So retailers and manufacturers need an ability to sense and respond, sense through internal and more importantly, external signals with respect to demand supply and logistics factors. They need a dynamic risk and opportunity sense and response system. They need real-time intelligence that will not trip them or trip when certain demand gets canceled or supply gets held up or delayed or there are logistics or disruptions uh, due to logistics. Okay. The second aspect of this agility is the speed and the ability to move all or part of the body quickly now, imagine if signals of delay or disruption are live and processed by machines using machine learning algorithms. Uh, imagine now that this result in, in, in speed of decision making, improved uh, speed of decision making, and then combine that with bots, you know, the uh, robotic uh, process automation solutions, which can bring execution uh, automation. Not only the retailer is able to decide what action is needed, but actually can act in the moment and capture the opportunity proactively uh, to uh, and, and make the moves on time. Well, as things start to go back to what would be considered normal, you know, they were operating in a crisis response mode, but now they have some time to sit back and really evaluate their actions and internalize the lessons they learned from the pandemic. And so what does that mean for operations and supply chain managers? What challenges do they face when converting back to the normal and after operating in a crisis mode due to the pandemic? What has and what hasn't worked? As the retailers and manufacturers, uh, you know, face, there are many issues that they are currently facing, right? So issues such as raw material supply issues. They are uh, having inventory uh, optimization issues or out of stock uh, reasons. They have shipments, delays, or uh, aspects such as that. Now, what they need to do is they need to st scrutinize their operations to identify the value leaks that are resulting from their operational processes. Uh, are the missing components or equipment causing consistent problems in res and, and are resulting in back orders or canceled orders? 
or are there some little used products and materials coming to the warehouse and sitting too long? Uh, do certain needed items consistently arrive late? And uh, does uh, your team need to use faster shipping methods, expedites, and then cut in, which in turn cut into your margins, right? So these are the several aspects that they need to, you know, take a step back and scrutinize and see what uh, which are which of these operations can be uh, modified. The processes can be modified. Now, uh, with live data planning, procurement. Uh, and manufacturing managers can make better choices to enable frictionless execution. Right. Accessing live data is extremely valuable, especially during such unprecedented times. And Opsveda offers solutions that can anticipate those types of events or occurrences like what we're seeing with the severe winter weather and power outages in Texas. It's highlighted the dependency of modern manufacturing on complex supply chains and the logistic networks that connect them. So what does this say about operations that needed to automate and how do they implement them during a time like this? So, uh, number one, uh, you know, before I talk about Opsveda as such or our customers, uh, I think companies who faced such and such, uh, such disruptions, uh, those who had the access to the live data, uh, you know, who could anticipate the delays, who could anticipate some of those disruptions, uh, they were able to take some of the proactive steps uh, either by changing manufacturing schedules or tapping into alternative suppliers, tapping into alternative carriers. Uh, and uh, some of our customers have been actually forced to look for alternative shipping locations or manufacturing locations uh, when those disruptions uh, came in. Uh, so uh, for them, live data has been a considerable more value than reviewing historical information or running uh, reports based on stale information. Uh, manufacturers can also use uh, ELDs or electronic logging devices and cloud residing technology such as Opsveda to monitor the real-time uh, uh, shipment uh, monitoring. Yeah, it's amazing how much benefit this type of technology offers and integrating factors like weather, traffic, social media, or data that's stirring up in the news for a particular region like an accident or an unplanned riot, that integrated with supply chain BI data can help retailers make informed parcel decisions. So how does that data help the future of supply chains and how they make decisions? I'll give you a few examples uh... You know, uh, recently we must uh, we have seen the uh, concept of cold chain management. Uh, this is a pop, you know, the most popular example right now is the vaccine uh, distribution, right? Uh, federal government, state, local governments they have to track uh, the vaccine right from the manufacturer location, and as it is picked up by the UPS, FedEx, it travels through and comes to uh, you know the end spot that which is a table in a pod where the retail or a retail store like CVS and Walgreens, right? So they need to be aware of the conditions and temperature to effectively uh, administer it to the end consumer and get it to the mass population. Now, uh, another example I'd like to share with you is, uh, you know, uh, we at Opsveda are working with uh, visionary leaders in the fashion and apparel industry. Uh, they... Initially used to leverage our, or even they currently use it also now, 
they first leverage our container prioritization solution, which pegs the demand in terms of real open sales orders to the live supply data in terms of containers which are en route uh, from manufacturers to the warehouse. So the inbound logistics team has a very clear view of which containers carry inventory that has the most impact on sales. So they can be prioritized into high, medium, or low priority containers that will be received and processed. Now, by the way, it does not stop there. The customer is now leveraging the supply chain postponement strategy at the logistics level, wherein the containers that are arriving at the port of entry are evaluated against the current sales orders to see how much of that inventory, which is currently in transit in those containers, can be allocated to the sales orders. If it meets certain business rules or thresholds, the containers are diverted to the transload facilities. And from there, they get shipped directly to the large retailers, such as Walmart, Target, or Costco. Uh, this way, they benefit from the lower inventory carrying cost, the lower freight and handling cost, while increasing the fill rate or responsiveness to demand in real time, which end result is a better cash flow and improved operating margin. You brought up the distribution of the coronavirus vaccine, and I found an interesting article by your Osveda CEO, Sanjeev Gupta, where he raises very enlightening questions as to how some things could have been prevented or we could have been better prepared to reach that target of 20 million Americans vaccinated by the 1st of 2021. He says we were very behind. He, he says, could we have done a better job if there was better intelligence about the need versus existing capabilities? Could we have recognized the kinks in our supply chain armor if we had a way of knowing what we were lacking? And he gives the example about labs, hospitals, and other facilities where the ultimate dispension is done. What if that was better prepared for the specific needs of the COVID-19 vaccine? And if not, could we have caught it sooner? With so many moving parts, the potential points of failure tend to be more than one. So would it not have been more helpful to have some form of early warning about where we might falter? So those questions do show that a better plan could have gotten us closer to that 20 million target. What targets do you think were missed and how do you think better solutions would have improved the outcome here? So, uh, you know, I, I know everybody, the entire you know, the experts in the country are struggling with this. Uh, and uh, it is usually the lack of uh, the demand, supply, inventory, and the situations on the ground, right? Uh, there are situations where there is a wind situation that happens here in Los Angeles. Uh, and uh, due to high winds, they had to shut down the pods, the super pods for vaccination. Right uh, now, this is an information which was uh, kind of forecasted by the weather department. Uh, it was known a day before, at least 24 hours before, that this is what's going to happen. And uh, accordingly, some of uh, the actions were taken. Those super parts could not administer the vaccination uh, at that time. And then there are situations where uh, you know. They do have all the appointments, but suddenly they find themselves to be short of supply. Uh, there are some places, some incidences that we have heard where, uh, for example, in te Texas, where the power went down and, and there was power outages. And one town had to actually uh, just call in everybody to the local networks and uh, administer those vaccinations before they go waste, right? 
so uh, having uh, having the intelligence and not just you know a lot of information or data which is there but being able to parse through that data leveraging some of the machine learning activity or uh, ai uh, techniques uh, one should be able to uh, find that uh, you know needle in the hay kind of uh, information to make a better decision right uh, what what the solution or the ai solution or the machine learning solution combined with the operational intelligence solution which is in the near term within the next few hours next few days information can do uh, you know in terms of being more predictive more prescriptive uh, and and through either alerts or some exception management uh, capability uh, you know that can help make those decisions on the ground Another example that comes to mind during the pandemic is when the massive issues in supply chain came with Peloton. With the lockdowns, there was a significant increase in demand for home workout equipment, but their supply chain was constraining supply, which angered customers, especially when the demand went sky high. And usually when you have a demand like that, it's a good thing. It accelerates the growth and the profit of a company. But in this case, it backfired on them. Peloton CEO John Foley said that their transportation and delivery costs increased over 10 times their usual cost per bike and tread. So in many cases, shipping them by air instead of by sea. That was a major setback for them when it could have been a huge accelerating point. How does this affect the company as a whole as it opens more paths to competition? And how could that have been prevented? So... Um, and that is very true. I mean, you know, if you look at every aspect of the supply chain uh, of Peloton, uh, right from the manufacturers, which are in Asia, to or parts, which are also being manufactured in multiple places, uh, for them to get it all together, to assemble it, to, you know, get it on the ships. Now, getting container, the container capacity or being able to secure the containers and the ships has been a big challenge. The industry has seen an increase in uh, container costs by almost 300%. Now, uh, if um, with operation, you know, with OI solution like Opsveda, which some of our customers are leveraging, uh, they leverage it to even project the requirements of their, uh, you know, requirements of containers as to how many containers do they need in the next few months and something that they can uh, put an advance booking on leverage uh, leverage the cost uh, you know if you book them early on and you the volumes you are able to secure them at a lower cost uh, so so those are some of the examples that peloton could have used uh, and if they had an advanced solution like opsveda they could have uh, you know uh, maneuvered through this Right. There really is an aggressive fight over containers. Shipping costs have tripled. How can container prioritization or container projection and container optimization solutions minimize those freight costs while still keeping service levels up? So uh, I think uh, I did uh, allude a little bit on you know how some of our fashion and apparel industry customers are leveraging it. Uh, container prioritization was a solution that's that was uh, brought into the place uh, in a about a week time by us uh, and this is back you know many years back when there was a strike at the long beach port uh, and there were you know multiple containers that were coming for this customer 
and they said uh, to Upsveda, you guys have a clear understanding of our demand. Every sales order, every sales order line is that uh, you have. You have a clear uh, understanding and handle on the supply, the POs which are in transit, and the containers which which container has what, and uh, you know what we have as an inventory. So, is there a possibility that you can help us prioritize? Uh, you know, prioritize container uh, delivery because uh, they have very limited bandwidth uh, or resources uh, at the Long Beach port. And uh, at any instance, we're going to get a call and we need to be able to tell them, hey, these are the, you know, containers that need to be released first. And uh, by the way, instead of uh, releasing all the 20 containers, they can only, uh, you know, release only five that day. So which are those five uh, containers that they can or they should? And uh, the solution there was uh, that uh, we quickly put together a uh, a process of uh, categorizing each of the container into high, medium, or low priority containers. And uh, high were those customers, you know, or those containers where, uh, you know, which had the inventory, which had the most impact on the sales. Uh, and you could basically drill down and see, hey, yes, these have the uh, biggest dollar value uh, and they need to be prioritized first. Uh, so that, that was the beginning uh, several years ago. Now, uh, with the recent, uh, you know, effect where there is supply, which is very limited. Uh, and, uh, you know, this industry used to be uh, actually struggling a little bit, I would say. Uh, from doing a better forecast. I mean, combine that with all the seasonality that they have to deal with. Uh, you know, uh, the the focus has been to bring down uh, the seasonality and uh, down to the level that these days I see if, uh, you know, Kylie Jenner or Kim Kardashian, they are talking about uh, a particular nice dress and they are publicizing. Within a few hours, there are these fast uh, fashion companies uh, which have sprung up uh, who are actually able to uh, deliver to that, right? Uh, and uh, in this particular case, Kim actually sued them and they, she got about two and a half million dollars. Um, so uh, now some of our back to our customers, you know, they are looking at how I can, how can I delay the decision of allocating inventory to the point when I really have it in my hand or almost I have it in my hand, right? So, which is called allocation in transit. And uh, so this is where, uh, you know, ability to have a transload facility, which is closer to the Long Beach uh, airport, uh, Long Beach port, and uh, then be able to decide that, hey, uh, the demand is here in Walmart and Target and Costco rather than uh, in, you know, other traditional stores. Uh, and so they can divert some of those now. Yeah, the industry is certainly evolving and the types of data being used is continuing to evolve with it. In the past, they would use historical data to project results and they're using real-time data now to say, hey, this is what we actually have going on right now so you can respond quickly with better intelligence and optimize those decisions. Eventually, there will be enough intelligence to automate those decisions. What do you project the future of utilization of this operational data going with supply chain systems after the pandemic? Two two aspects uh, with regard to automation, right? One is being able to take automated decisions, right? Making automated decisions. Uh, for example, uh, 
you have, uh, you know, Opsveda has certain storyboards where you can look at the demand, supply, and inventory, and you're looking at slivers of those inventory. You're looking at on-hand inventory, which is allocated. You have on-hand inventory, but not allocated yet. You have uh, in-transit inventory. You have uh, work in process. That means they are being manufactured still. Uh, so the demand is understood. The forecast is there, and the manufacturing is actually working on delivering that, producing that. And then you have a certain demand which is not covered. That means you didn't forecast it, you did not plan it, you uh, need to do something about it. Now, with the automation, it is very clear there's only one and only one decision that has to be taken when there is no coverage, is to create those production orders, create those purchase orders in your transaction system so that the manufacturing or those vendors can actually supply those materials, right? So. Here is a decision automation example where uh, you can purely just automate this uh, from the angle, but then take it further to execution automation, right? So this is where the bots come into play. Uh, so Opsveda, for example, has partnership with companies like Automation Anywhere, where we are coming up with some of these bots, which can actually uh, understand uh, how the manufacturing is impacted or the schedules, schedules have been impacted. Uh, look at what are the confirmations that the uh, supplier has given on our portal, supplier portal, and uh, then be able to take those decisions to automate that execution in their uh, ERP systems. I love how you said it creates a storyboard and, and tells the story of the operational system, which is really cool because the meaning of Veda with the company name Opsveda means scripture and telling the story, the operational narrative of a particular process. Opsveda is so innovative and constantly growing, building more job opportunities too. Recently joining with TAP as well, the Automation Anywhere Technology Alliance Program. What developments are in the works with that collaboration? Uh, yeah, so um, there are a few things. Uh, you know, there are companies uh, such as Monad Global and Grace Kennedy who uh, were forced to expand their sourcing and distribution network. Uh, you know, whether it was in the form of additional manufacturing facilities or in the form of additional 3PL locations. Uh, retail supply chain managers, they are... Uh, they need to be prepared for some of this increased demand. Uh, whether and, and especially as you must have seen the hair care, skin care, and our personal hygiene care kind of products, uh, you know they became more in demand. Uh, people started going less to the salons and uh, doing uh, home care, right? Home hair, hair care and all. So, uh, so. Uh, our solution uh, is actually expanding the scope of that. We are having uh, not just the automation features with it, but uh, and more and more of uh, algorithms and uh, AI intelligence, AI infused uh, Juni, as we call it, uh, that is being that is being released. We are hoping that our uh, model transforms into instead of an inbound sales, it becomes more like a um, you know, people log in, they are able to get a trial version of Opsveda and they find it uh, useful. They sign up and it becomes a true, uh, you know, self-serve kind of a model uh, and a scalable model. So bringing automation into our own operations is, I think, one of the key aspects that we are doing uh, this year. 
Awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time and insight on supply chain innovations and where they are now, where they're going. It really was so enlightening. Thank you so much for joining me, Guest. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie.